amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Undivided, which is brought to you by audible.com. Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, magazines, online periodicals, online papers, for anything spoken word, speeches, it's audible.com. That's audible.com. Enter Life Coach Radio Network into the side corner of the screen in the drop-down box for exciting new contests and prizes. That's audible.com, the sponsor of our program. And welcome into Undivided. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri, with you as always. It's episode number 25, believe it or not. And this episode, I wanted to be upfront saying that is a recorded show. I had mentioned it at the end of episode number 24, two weeks ago with Pam Winholtz. It's a recorded show that will air on July 4th, the birthday of our nation. And the disclaimer for the show, the uh, views and opinions of this program may not necessarily be the views or opinions of myself, Frank Jimaduri as host. If we had a guest, it would be the guest. We have no guest today. And is certainly not necessarily the views of Life Coach Radio Network. And now that the disclaimer is out of the way, welcome into Undivided. Again, this is a recorded show. We will be following the same format. It's a solo show. I have no guest. I didn't want to inconvenience a guest to have to come on around the July 4th holiday. I certainly, when we were making the schedule uh, prior to this uh, calendar year starting, there was a lot of concern about July 4th because it fell on a Wednesday and there's a number of programs on Wednesday. Um, and there's a number of programs on Tuesday on Life Coach Radio Networks uh, across the five different channels. Uh, so the decision was made that, you know, I would record this program because of, I didn't want to inconvenience anyone to have to come on on the holiday itself. So here we are and welcome in. So tonight's show is on America, individualism versus community, and how fitting because it's on our nation's birthday, July 4th. Individualism can be viewed in many different ways. Freedom in individualism is really at the core of America, individual rights, the Bill of Rights, all men are created equal, etc., and so forth. That could be contrasted. Many people feel that, you know, anyone that's against this concept of individualism, quote, unquote, against it in society is therefore for state control. And that's a very stark contrast. Some people look at the opposite of individualism as being a real state-controlled scenario with government. There's also that notion in America 
of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, so to speak. We've heard that expression, or most of us have. So I'm going to talk about both of those trends in tonight's show, the individual versus the community, individual versus the state or versus government. I don't necessarily believe that you have to have, you know, if if you say that you're giving up individual rights, you have to have state control. I don't necessarily believe that personally. I know some people that do. And then you also have to look at the notion of the pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. No one can make it on their own. Anyone that feels that they can has never experienced truly being down. Because when you're truly down in life, whether it's, you know, a lost job, whether it's you lost your home or you lost your family or you lost a significant, your significant other or your spouse, partner, you could be really lost. And where do we look to in those situations? We look to friends. We look to what we should do is look to our neighbors. And that's the issue at the heart of the show here tonight. The issue is that we've really lost that sense of community. We've really lost that sense of knowing who our neighbors are. And I know I've spoken about it on this show before. Our founding fathers created this country on bedrock beliefs of loving your neighbor, looking out for your neighbor, lost in our society today. So we're going to talk about that, why that might be tonight. Our founding fathers also founded this country based on Judeo-Christian values, God-centered values. And we're going to talk about that tonight and the juxtaposition, if you will, of secularism, of relativism, and you know that the power of those forces that pull against harmony and community and knowing who your neighbors are, being actively involved in your community. There's distractions all around us from technology as well. So all of this is the backdrop for the show tonight. The relentless, I want to get whatever I want regardless of the consequences, that individualism, that relentless pursuit of what, quote, unquote, I want. And it's about me. So we're going to talk all about that tonight. I've given numerous presentations on individualism, on relativism. I've spoken about community. I've been actively involved in different, you know, community-focused groups. So I think it gives and it lends myself the experience to be able to speak about this. So now we're through the introduction to the show. And we're going to enter the first segment of our program, as we always do around this time in the show. And that first segment is called The Divide. So when you think about individualism and when we talk about that, the first baseline question that comes around is when did the individual become elevated above the community in American society? And that's a complex answer. It's a very complex answer because it's happened gradually over time, yet it's also sped up with some of the arrival of different technologies and things. 
the individual became elevated above the community to some extent after the civil rights movement and after the movements of the 60s because those were very communal efforts. Those were very grassroots efforts. And that was probably the last time we've had that until the recent demonstrations over some of the things that are going on today between Me Too and and some of the other situations with immigration and uh, border patrols and and uh, family separations and things of that nature. And like I've always said, I never wanted this show to be a political show. That's never been the stated game. However, at some point, I'm going to have to probably tackle that. And, and I've thought about that. It's probably going to be towards the end of whatever the life cycle of this show is. And it has to be in the right circumstances. But in talking about America and, and what makes America great, because America is a great country. America is a wonderful place to live. The freedoms that we've been afforded and the foundational principles of America are unrivaled in the world. And like anything else, we do have problems. We do have issues. It's not a perfect, perfect situation. Excuse me. But after that, that civil rights movement, which I've spoken about on the program often, and we've spoken about Dr. King and his role, we kind of lost touch with all that. The 70s became about the individual. That was the first appearance of that. Then we had the Watergate scandal, and everyone was very afraid that the country was actually going to collapse. So out of all that, during that course of time, the 80s then became about the individual. The 80s became about the pursuit. So you had that fear around Watergate and the fear machine of the news media, as we discussed with Pam Winholtz last uh, episode, episode 24. You had that, and then you had the 80s, which became about the pursuit of wealth, the pursuit of prestige, American greed, and a lot of a lot of extremes on Wall Street. That's what it became about. And then in the 90s, we had advancements in technology that brought uh, the ability to have multiple televisions into homes brought the ability to uh, afford uh, uh, VHS and VCRs, if you remember them, and uh, uh, the ability to bring movies into the home and create these uh, you know, uh, experiences at home that essentially disconnected you from your community. It became more about the individual. It became more about what I'm going to do for, for myself between the 80s and the 90s and even in the early 2000s with the advent of the cell phone and uh, some of what went on there with different advancements, we kind of got set back. We got disconnected from the core of the community in our society. Some feel strongly that the individual is getting lost in our country today, or others feel our society is too, quote, unquote, me-centered. So that to me, when I was looking at this divide, as we're in this portion of the show, 
that prompted the question within me of where is the balance between the two, between the, the faction of people in America that believe that the individual is getting lost and the faction in our society that believes that we're too centered, too me-centric, too centered on, on ourselves and not on what's best for our neighborhoods or our schools or communities. I think the balance lies with opening ourselves and opening our minds. I think that's the first thing that that has to take place. And that's, of course, easier said than done. I could come on a radio podcast show and talk about that. But there has to be a balance somewhere. And I think that we've, we've lost that. We've, we've, I, I tend to agree that, that we've become very me-centered. Uh, some of it is generational, too. You know, there's the millennial generation that is very much about, well, what's in it for me? What am I going to get from doing this? Or it's, uh, you know, I want to go home and play video games and not, you know, reach out to the person across the street, um, not reach out to my friend who lives across town that might be hurting. There's this, well, what what do I want to do, you know, for me today? And what would be good for me? So there's a lot of questions that center around me and not we. And I think that's a huge issue. The balance comes from opening our minds. Balance comes from being really honest with ourselves. And that type of introspection takes time. So I think it starts with, allowing yourself some time that we've talked about on this show before disconnecting, disconnecting from the uh, distractions of technology, giving yourself some no device time, some of that self care piece and that self love piece we discussed with Amy Phillips a couple of episodes ago, which is a very powerful episode. We spoke about, loving ourselves before we can even love someone else. And how do you get to that point? There is a balance that can be struck there because you could still, you know, you have to take care of yourself before you could take care of others. You have to think about where you are in your own life and guide those, uh, that, that direction there before you can then help someone else. So I think is a very important distinction to be made when you're looking at the individualism versus being more community centered. At the same time, it starts small. Maybe it's, I'm going to volunteer an hour a week or two hours a week on a day that I might have off. Maybe it's, I'm going to drive down to the local soup kitchen or community food bank and drop off a donation of food. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's something that starts with, I'm going to go through my house. I'm going to get some things together. I'm going to bring it over to the community center. Maybe I'm going to volunteer to run a youth group. There's varying degrees of things that you can do. Start small. Starts with, well, maybe I'll do this once a week program. Or I'll volunteer or I'll teach Sunday school. Or I'll volunteer to be a COIO instructor or a mentor in some way on a Sunday and a program. It's got to start somewhere. 
in order for us to be balanced because you then can take care of yourself the other five or six days a week and you could dedicate even if it's two hours or three hours of your time on another day to your community. We're 15 minutes into our show, actually 16, and this is the point of our program where we take a short break for promotion. So Undivided Episode 25, America Individualism versus Community will be back in a moment. Upcoming shows here on the Life Coach Radio Networks and Family Networks, Paul Garwood Show, Paul Garwood Push Through. That's Paul Garwood Push Through, July the 8th, that's Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Again, that's Paul Garwood Show is Push Through, July 8th, that's Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. Again, Catholic Charities, 800 800- 919-9338, www.salvationarmyus.org. That's www.salvationarmyus.org to donate to the Salvation Army and enter your zip code to donate in your local community or Google search the poorest zip code in your state and make a donation to that zip code as we've been promoting the last few weeks, last few episodes here undivided here on the Life Coach Radio Network. Audible.com is our sponsor. Normally, we would have an email mailbag. Uh, That is for future and for you guys to comment on this show since it's a recorded show and it's not an interactive show. And that's undivided show. That's undivided, S-H-O-W, at gmail.com. So we're back here on the program, here on Undivided. And before we went to our 15-minute break, We're talking about the balance between these two elements, individualism and community in America. And the question then becomes, okay, so if if it starts small and maybe we try and balance it out, why is individualism so easily confused? Because some elements are good and quote-unquote good. It's good to love yourself, think of yourself, plan ahead. Those are some good elements. Those are some positive elements. Those are some necessary elements of thinking in your own mind about how you're going to prepare yourself to do something, certainly prepare yourself for work or something of that nature. But that could get very jumbled and very confused. And then you also have this notion, as I mentioned in the show open, of state control, of government control, of, you know, people confuse community with socialism. It becomes this whole other dotted line that people draw, vertical line that people draw. And socialism is, the, is a bad word in America. It is. Socialism throughout history has had disastrous results. Because it hasn't really been true socialism. It was situations that got really out of control. Situations where, you know, humans are still going to be human beings. Remember when we had Brenda Baird on and we were talking about the barriers to the executive suite. And she was saying, you know, it's not a code of conduct thing. It's a human thing. Whether it's a male or a female as a CEO, people take advantage of power. Well, in socialism, some of the governments that tried to install it throughout history, 
the human quest or thirst for power ended up being the demise of a lot of those things, that coupled with, with some other issues. Socialism, if you looked at, at the natural roots of it, is a bad word in America, as I said before. Community is not socialism. Community is loving your neighbor, is thinking of your neighbor, are things that, you know, America is a very generous country. People like to paint us with this other brush. American generosity has helped so many countries throughout the world, throughout our time, throughout our history. Americans have constantly reached out to help those in need through all sorts of disasters, whether they're natural or man-caused, throughout the world and throughout history. In India and Indonesia and China and Japan, wherever. Latin and South America goes on, the list goes on and on. That love of neighbor, that care for your neighbor is a central core of our society, is a central core of America, of our value system. And for someone to paint it with a brush of, you know, it's socialism or it's some other state-controlled element because they, the government wants to take your individual rights. And there's a lot of discussion about the rights of the individual in the discourse in America today. Where does it end? Where, where are the boundary lines? There are certain things that are good about having individual rights, and then there's certain things where you could know, get carried away. You become more about yourself, and you don't even know who lives next door to you or across the street. And there are some people that quite honestly don't care who those people are because there's no connection. There's no connection between them. This shopping online has done that as well. When you think about online shopping, you know, when you would go to stores, brick and mortar stores, you'd interact with people. You know, my mom, she would go, you know, grocery store, the dry cleaner, the deli. We knew all the people that worked in those places. Those were community-based small businesses. That's gone for the most part today. That's a big void in our society. We knew the people by name. They knew us. We had made an impression on each other's lives that we were part of a community. We were part of something. It doesn't have to mean that community is about government control or the government taking away your individual rights. It's more about, you know, we have to be more connected. When we were connected with those people, we cared about them which in turn we cared about our business and their business. And we cared about the community in which it served. And a lot of that is gone when people are staying home and going and clicking a mouse and having something shipped to their home. When you think about those workplaces, they bring together people of all sorts of backgrounds in one place, both the customer, the consumer, 
and the workers, the employees. I've worked in certain situations where I would have never met the people that I work with, and I've shared it with the audience in the, in the situation of my job now, my full-time job now. I would never have met those people if I wasn't there. We're all different ages. We're all different backgrounds. We're all different demographics. We're all different religions. We're all different people. I would never have met them. I would have never crossed paths with them. And I have connections with them. And I have connections with some of the people that I know through there, through whether it's a customer or a colleague. They've made an impression on my life to the point where I can't imagine not knowing them. So what caused the erosion of community in America as a whole? That's a complex question, and it's a good one. What caused the erosion of community in America as a whole? It happened over time. It happened gradually. It became some of the technological advancements, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Amazon or eBay or any of those services because they have done people a very good service. They have helped people, and they help people every day who might be homebound, who might be injured or on disability. It allows them to be able to get things that they need if they can't cope for themselves. But there again, that becomes that individual versus community thing. When that person's hurting, there's no one coming to reach out to them. We have a lot of people living alone. We have a lot of people that are living with a lot of issues or living longer, elderly people living by themselves. People with health problems are living alone and are isolated. We need to be more cognizant. We need as a nation to wake up. That sense of community, this divide, this erosion of community values happened over time. It became more about what we could do in our own, within the own four walls of our home. You know, I'm going to sit in front of the TV. I'm going to sit in front of the computer. I'm going to surf the web. I'm going to hang out, you know, and uh, stream Netflix. And not all of it is technology, and it's not all things, because some of those technologies have provided a lot of good. But that drove part of this where it got taken to an extreme. The closure of businesses was the other side of it, whether it was the economic downturn in the uh, mid-2000s, 2007-ish, whether it was the tech bubble that burst at the end of the 90s, whether it was, you know, different economic conditions from outsourced jobs. Small businesses in America took a real hit. Community businesses got hurt by a number of different factors, and people stopped interacting in that way. I also mentioned in the in the show open, as we head toward the midpoint of our show, what is the role of relativism? You know, I mentioned relativism and, and secularism. What is the role of relativism in the context of unity? There is a definite role that relativism has played. And I've spoken about relativism on this show before uh, a few different occasions. For those that don't know, relativism, relativism, say that five times fast, is the notion essentially defined of just do you, 
just do whatever you want. There's this notion now today that's really picked up steam, especially with the, I mentioned the millennial generation before, but other generations too. You know, just do you has become you know, this buzzword kind of tagline. Diet Coke uses it in their new messaging for the new Diet Coke products. You know, the girls walking down the city street. You know, whatever you want to do, you know, do whatever. You know, just do you is basically it. Do whatever you want if it feels good to you. Well, there's a problem. It could feel good to you. It could hurt another person. Relativism is not based on any type of value system. Relativism is based on a situation where you just do whatever you want, whenever you want, and unfortunately, that's not how life works, and that's not how the world works, and it sends a really negative messaging to children and to other people that haven't yet formed those things haven't yet formed their value system. And that's going to have an impact on that. You know, the notion in relativism that, you know, morality and truth are just, they're not absolutes. That there's no such thing as an absolute truth. That it's always got to be, you know, applied to something. There's no right and wrong. And relativism. And that's very counter to what religion teaches us. In major religion, there's right and there's wrong. There's commandments and there's sin. There are rules and there are doctrines. In relativism, it's just, hey, do whatever you want to do. And don't worry about any of the consequences of those actions. Religion and the religious values this country was formed on teach us that there are consequences to actions. And we do have the rule of law in this country. And we do have to keep each other safe. And it can't just be whatever you want to do goes. We would have a very chaotic society if that was the case. So we've come to the midpoint of our show, the 30-minute mark. Here on our July 4th program, episode 25 of Undivided, America, Individualism versus the Community. I'm your host, Frank Jamaduri, and we are going to take a short break here, as we always do at the 30-minute mark. Midpoint of the show, break here on Undivided. Upcoming episodes of shows here on the Life Coach Radio family of networks. Brenda Baird, that's Brenda Baird. I mentioned her before. She was on this program at one point. Her new episode comes to you Tuesday, July the 10th. Tuesday, July 10th, Brenda Baird, 7 p.m. Central Time on Life Coach Radio Network. So that's 8 p.m. on the East. Brenda Baird, Tuesday, July 10th, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern on Life Coach Radio Network. She usually has shows about leadership, uh, leadership for women, but also leadership for men and, and leadership in the workplace. Really interesting show. Check it out. And then we have Kimberly Frazier. Kimberly Frazier coming at you with a new show in her series called Enjoying Life on Purpose. That's Kimberly Frazier, Enjoying Life on Purpose, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Life Coach Chat Channel on Thursday, July 12th. 
So that's Kimberly Frazier's new show, our new episode in Enjoying Life on Purpose, Thursday, July 12th, 7 p.m. Eastern on Life Coach Chat Channel. Kimberly had a really interesting guest in her last program that had gone through quite a number of personal tragedies and overcome it, quite a number of personal tragedies in his life. And that leads us to a spot that we do every, every episode. If you or someone you know or love is struggling with something, if you are struggling with thoughts that run in your head that won't stop, if you are struggling with, with something you may have done in your past that you can't quite wrap your head around, that you can't forgive yourself for, if you are struggling with the state of the world, as we're talking about America and the world and the anger and the violence and the hatred in the world has made you feel really low, really down, if you feel isolated and you feel no sense of community and you're thinking about potentially harming yourself or you know someone that, that could do so, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, that's 800-273-8255. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. Please call them. Please call the number and get some help. You matter. Every life is important. Every life is precious. Every life has a purpose. All lives matter. Please get the help that you need so you can get back on track. We've all been down and out, but you matter, and there are people there that will listen. 800-273-8255, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. www.samaritanspurse.org. That's www.samaritanspurse.org to donate to that wonderful organization. And we are back here on Undivided, episode number 25 Audible.com is our sponsor. Thank you for joining me and listening in here on this holiday, July 4th episode, episode 25 in our series, America Individualism versus Community. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri, and here we are back now as we transition the program. We were just in the segment called The Divide. We are now going to enter the second segment of our show, which is called Bridging the Divide. And at that point, if I had a guest on, I would always ask the guest a very big question, and it's uh, within the format of our show, it takes us from one segment to the other. So I'm going to ask it of myself tonight based on this topic. How do we bridge the divide between those who believe strongly in individualism and those who believe that strong communities are the solution to unity? When we talk about those on one side of this thing, that this issue, I should say, this divide in our society, that feel very strongly that the individual is the way to go. They feel maybe, you know, in coaching, as we always like to talk about the role of coaching, because it is Life Coach Radio Network, there is a role of coaching here, and it enters at this point. The role of coaching, as it relates to this situation, is that if someone's feeling that strongly about individualism and about individual rights, et cetera, it stems from something in their own lens, their own perspective, their own background. It stems from something or a series of things 
that may have happened to them or they have experienced in some way. That's formed that, that lens in which they view the world, that perspective in which they view the world. And in coaching, we talk a lot about the lens in which people see the world around them. That is what's happened here. In this situation, on one side or the other, people have either grown up with, well, you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to look out for number one, you know, whether it's their parents or a grandparent, whether it's an aunt or an uncle, whoever really raised them or was formative in their development has given them that messaging, has drilled that into them, or their life experience has. Let's say they've gone out and they've tried to make their own way in the world and they've been constantly knocked down. That's going to shape the way that you feel and think and approach, and that's going to shape your lens. That's going to shape how you look at the situation and how you view it. And they're going to say, oh, you have to, as I mentioned before, the old America, pull yourself up by the bootstraps thing. Well, when you're out of work, you have to fend for yourself. You have to go out and you know, find your own way and do it yourself. Well, the reality is today that networking is really key knowing other people that can help you, the old, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So some of that, you have to go out and do it on your own. Yeah, to a degree, that's true. I mean, no one's going to write your resume and, you know, send out your resume and application to companies. It's something you really have to do yourself. And you have to think about, well, do I want to work in a place like this? But at the same time, you know, you need other people. You might need a coach to help you with career transitioning or personal development issues or issues from your past that might be holding you back or trying to figure out what you want to do from here. You may need a coach to help you to balance your time so that you could spend time with your family, spend time at work, and spend time helping your community if that's something within your value system that you feel compelled very strongly to do. That's very hard to navigate and to balance that time. There's a finite amount of time. Any client... Um, or person that I've worked with from a coaching perspective, um, whether it's someone on a team or someone I've worked with in a a collegial setting, you know, that's their struggle. Their struggle is time. And I don't have enough time to do that. It's all about time management. You might need a coach to help you with that. Coaching can also help you to understand that lens in which you see the world. The flip side of that being, the, those that believe in strong communities were ingrained with that. Their upbringing somewhere along the line had that as part of it, whether they watched their parents or their grandparent or, or maybe a cousin or a relative or a best friend. Someone in their formative situation in life had maybe given to the poor or the needy or maybe was involved with a youth organization or helping out um, – uh, with an organization that you know is a nonprofit or some kind of service organization, uh, or maybe they were very uh, active within their church or their faith community, they saw that they saw the strength of that community, the strength of, of maybe a parish community, uh, the strength of a, a faith, a, a biblical uh, Bible study type group, or what have you, or a youth organization. Maybe they saw that that strength in community and believe this is the way to go. This is the way that we become united. 
So there are two different lenses. How do we bridge that? We've got to have each side come to the other. They have to realize it's all about connections. It's all about getting out of your own way. It's all about getting coming out from under your own shell. And that doesn't happen overnight. And it may take a lot of coaxing. That's where, you know, the family unit, or if you're, you're a good buddy to somebody that's really struggling, encourage them to get out there and get active. Because then when you become connected with other people and you become connected with their story, with their history, so to speak, it makes you, you know, less apt to be mired in your own stuff, you know, kind of trapped in your own lane, as, you know, we talked about on this show. And as I mentioned, you know, with other guests being on, you know, but my grandfather used to say, you're stuck in the six inches or in front of your windshield. And you're not seeing the big picture. You see the big picture and you realize that you're connected to people. Connection is vital to humans, to our development, to our relationships with other people, to our own fulfillment, and into our own emotional uh, well-being. Having a connection to something spiritual also is a big component of that as well. So those that could be a spiritual community, you know. There's a lot of parish communities I've, I've shared on the show, my own parish, you know, thinking about the connections and the relationships I've made and the friendships that I've made through that have been irreplaceable. But I had to, I was that person. I was guarded. And I was kind of trapped in my own situation. I was thinking about, you know, my own plight. And it wasn't about anyone else. And I decided to break out of that shell, to step beyond the walls that kind of trapped me in and make myself open and make myself vulnerable. And it it was, you know, a little scary, to be honest. But the reward was so great that I do it all again. I can't tell you what really triggered it to me, you know, to, to do that. But you have to have somebody pushing you. There's accountability, you know, for us as humans is very important. And there has to be someone that pushes you to say, okay, you can be here doing what you want to do and you can have hobbies and, and that's all that's very good for your own development. You should have some personal time, some space as we've talked about on the show. But it's also important to think about the people around you, your neighborhood, your community, maybe a school in your neighborhood that you can help out at. Maybe there's an organization that you can volunteer time with. So you can do both. How can the concept of community be revived in America? It's a million-dollar question. Part of it's my last answer. It starts small. It starts in the grassroots, and it starts by opening your mind. That spiritual connection I mentioned before can help too, because if you're connected spiritually, if you're connected by faith, if you think about what I mentioned in the in the show intro in the open about the founding fathers and the bedrock values of our country are based their Judeo Christian values. So if you study those religions, if you study Judaism, if you study Roman Catholicism and Christianity, 
you'll understand probably a lot clearer the bigger picture of I'm part of a whole new thing that I never even considered. I'm part of a much larger situation than just myself. There's a foundational principle at IPEC where I received my certification for coaching. That is, we are not a spoke or a group of spokes. We are the wheel. We are all connected. We can't think of ourselves as a spoke or a cog in the wheel. We are the wheel. We are all connected together. And the sooner that we come to that realization, the concept of community can be revived. And you see that as much as I dog, you know, so to speak, younger people and some of these millennials, there are millennials that are taking steps to do that. There are younger people because they have the time. They're not, you know, stuck in a situation where they have a mortgage and health insurance payments and kids and bills. That's the time. That's where it has to come from. It has to come from the younger generation kind of driving that bus. And you see that millennials prefer to live in cities versus the suburbs. They're, they don't want a fancy car, so to speak, the majority. So when you look at demographic data, they're about being connected, being connected to the, the inner city, being connected to each other, being connected and in convenient you know, walking distance to activities to do that are community-based, the arts, music, sports, etc. and so forth. Recreation activities of all kinds. So as much as they, I dog them or they get a bad rap, so to speak, they have helped push the needle in America a bit on some of this. When you see, you know, these baseball stadiums and uh, football stadiums and soccer stadiums being put up, they're being put up in the inner cities. They used to be put up in the suburbs. But the people at the core of the demographic they're trying to get because they have so much disposable income, you know, the younger people, the millennials, they want them in the city. They don't want to drive to the suburbs. They don't even want to own a car. So it flipped the whole thing on its head. What is the easiest way is I did a lot of sports media and a lot of sports writing in my writing career. What is the easiest way to revive an inner city is to build an arena or a stadium and have that be the centerpiece of an economic and uh, revitalization or redevelopment of a downtown area that's blighted. And you have seen that time and again, it's happening right now in the, uh, in Milwaukee is a good case example of that. And Sacramento, when they just built the new basketball arena, Milwaukee's building a basketball arena downtown in an area that's been in really bad shape in Washington, DC. They just did that at Buzzards point with the new stadium for MLS for the DC United. So you're going to see that happening. Those are a few situations here in America where that, sense of community can be revived around something. In this case, it's a a big real estate development project that's going to bring in people, that's going to bring in retail, that's going to bring in jobs, that's going to turn around an area of the city that's falling apart. It's going to bring jobs and hope to the people of those communities. They now have a light at the end of the tunnel. How do we balance individual freedoms with the good of the community. That's the next, you know, as I'm looking at all of, of this and now bridging the divide, that has to happen. I touched on it a little bit in the second question that are, was on the list for this show. 
How do we balance individual freedoms with the good of the community? That can be done. That can be done very, very easily. However, the path to it is very difficult. So I'll qualify that uh, answer. It's attainable. I think it comes with acknowledging that you are a part of something bigger than yourself. That's going to come probably easier with a spiritual connection or a connection to someone through some life event. Both things are very important to do within your lifetime, to develop some kind of spiritual connection, to realize that there is a God that has created you, that has created the earth, that has created this great country of ours. And when you think about our founding fathers and how this nation was founded, you think about how quickly it grew and blossomed and flourished. A lot of that was because of the freedom. God gave us free will. We have free will to say, you know what, I just want to care about myself. Okay, that's fine. Versus, you know, doing anything for anyone else. Okay, that's fine. But at the end of the day, if you have a spiritual component in your life that teaches you that, you know, you have to do good works for other people, you have to take care of those who are in need, you have to take care of those who are hungry or thirsty or in prison or sick, you have to reach out to the person across the street, maybe the old woman that can't walk through our mailbox or shovel her driveway when it snows. These are all things that we have to do for each other. If you don't have that connection and you're wandering through life, you're going to think, oh, it's okay Then I'm just, you know, as I said before, just doing you, just doing myself, just doing what feels good to me, man. You know, like if it feels good, do it, the whole relativism thing. That doesn't work. Because there are absolute truths, and, and the absolute truth is that God created you. God created you for a purpose, and I doubt it was to wander through life satisfying your own individual needs at the expense of other people. I doubt it was he created you to, you know, go home and think of only what you want to do on any given day. He created you to make a difference in the world, to shape another person's life. You know, how do you make a difference in the world? You just have to change one person. You have to impact one person, and you've changed the world. A lot of people don't think about it that way, but it's true. It's all you have to do. But if you stay closed off and you stay isolated and you stay mired in your own stuff, that's never going to happen. You have to shift your energy. You have to shift your focus. And you have to take steps to follow the promptings within you. There are promptings within you, within your consciousness. Your conscience will guide you. Conscience will speak to you. You have to listen. When I did the show on healing, you know, it's all about giving yourself quiet. And we talked about it on three or four different episodes. And the scientific studies, you know, done at these major universities, Harvard or Duke and Yale, et cetera, the brain needs quiet to think. You need to give yourself that time. So it, it does start with taking care of yourself in order to take care of others, to love yourself before you can love other people, to forgive yourself. And that comes with religion, you know. You be forgiven. You can atone for sin. You can atone for mistakes. You can atone for, you know, past things that 
you didn't do correctly or you weren't the best version of yourself. That's all possible. It starts with talking to someone, whether it's a spouse, a sister, a brother, a niece or a nephew, an uncle or a cousin. You guys get where I'm going. It starts with talking to somebody first. Maybe it's a healthcare professional. Maybe it's a mental health professional. Maybe it's a counselor or a social worker or a life coach. But you have to talk to someone, supervisor at work, a mentor, whoever, in order to, to be in a mindset where you can forgive yourself and move on. It's very important to build and to balance your individual freedoms that this country has provided you, me, and everyone out there that's American with the goal of building stronger communities, which should still be a goal. And I think in some ways it's not. And then you turn on the news and you see some things that are happening in this world, and it's that fear machine is driving wedges between people and making them stay disconnected from each other. And that's not going to work. We have to reach beyond that. You know, when I asked Amy Winholtz two weeks ago, she was on the show. She said, you know how you deal with that, with people that uh, want to be involved in the world, want to watch the news, turn the news off. That, that was her advice, turn the news off. And she's right. How do you handle the, the fear machine of the media? Turn it off. And don't listen to it. Because it's negative messaging that's trying to take you away from the person that you could be and the person that maybe God needs you to be. And it only starts with turning off all the noise, the noise of, and the distraction of the text messages and the cell phone and the social media alerts and the LinkedIn you know, updates and whatever the heck else is going on. It starts with going outside, going and taking a walk down the street, introducing yourself to people. It's summertime. We're talking about the summertime shows. It's summertime. People are outside. People are barbecuing. People are hanging out. People are trying to, to take advantage of the nice weather until the winter comes back. And they're kind of forced in their homes. In New Jersey, it's oppressively hot. So I don't suggest, especially if you're listening to me, I have a lot of listeners in the Northeast, don't do something like that today. It's oppressively hot. It's The heat index is over 100 degrees. I don't recommend you doing that today. But I'm saying in general, take a walk outside when, when uh, nicer weather prevails this weekend. Introduce yourself to your neighbors. It's as simple as that. Introduce yourself to the, to the guy at the store that's, you know, checking you out at the checkout line, uh, you know, running you through the register or whatever at a grocery store. Introduce yourself to the guy working at the deli or the gal sorting produce or someone who's sweeping the floor. And you won't regret it. You will have an impact on their life and they on yours. Even if it's a brief encounter, you will have impacted their life and vice versa. That's how we start. What are the benefits to fostering stronger communities? As we're coming closer to the end of our program tonight, America Individualism versus Community, Audible.com is our sponsor. Undivided show, that's undivided, S-H-O-W, at gmail.com is the email address. Please send me some feedback. Let me know what you think about our program. What are the benefits to fostering stronger communities? There's a lot of benefits to it. 
when you think about if you have a strong community, if I'm looking out, and we've talked about this previously in this show, my wife has talked about this a lot in her background in social work. If you think about, okay, I'm going to think about myself today. I'm going to be completely enmeshed in what I need to do. I'm going to think about what's good for me, what's good for my career, what's good for, you know, the people around me only. That will take you away from, certainly from the community aspect, versus if you think about this the other way, I need to be concerned with Bob next door and Susie down the street, and I'm going to go visit, you know, Jimmy's uncle who lives with him who fell last week and I saw the ambulance was there. I'm going to go to the hospital and visit this guy and bring him, you know, some hope, bring him a, a friendly face. And there are people out there that do this. I'm not saying that people don't do this. And the people that I've met in my life and in my life's journey that are more connected in that way are happier people. They're not consumed with TV. They don't watch TV. They're not consumed with, you know, what's going on in Hollywood. They don't even know. They don't care. They're concerned with what's going on in their backyard, whether that's, you know, Red Bank, New Jersey, or whether that's Trenton, New Jersey, or whether that's Cleveland, Ohio, or whether that's, you know, Santa Monica, California. They're concerned with what's going on in their own community, their own backyard. And they're more well-adjusted people, and they're, they're more uh, gracious people, and they're apt to help you because they've seen the benefits of that. If you have a stronger community, if you're focused on not just on yourself, but on the good of the people around you in your neighborhood. Maybe it's your kid's school, you know, some of the other parents, somebody's out of work, somebody's got a, a big situation in their own family that they don't know how they're going to deal with, why they have to work, maybe two jobs or something. You could be there to help that person. If you're looking out for each other now and you're connected, we're going to have safer communities. If you're looking out for your neighbor not isolated, we're going to have better communities, safer communities, more open communities. We're going to have communities where we can rely on each other when the other person is down because we can't get through life alone. You know, when I pray the Stations of the Cross, which I do daily, I come to the station, station number five, where Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus to carry the cross. Even Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, could not carry his own burdens by himself. He was made on the way of the cross and the station of the cross to ask for help. He was made to ask for help from someone else as a sign to us that we cannot do this alone. No matter how much we think that we can, no matter how strong-willed we are, I know I'm Italian-American, I think I could do anything. We need to ask for help. We need to be humble. And we need to turn to the, our neighbor and say, I really need you to drive me here, or I really need 
you to go pick something up for me today because I'm swamped, or I, if you could pick up my kid from practice, I'd appreciate it, or if you could do, you know, whatever it is. We need to be open to that. And that is going to start those connections. They're going to start us down the road to stronger communities. So now we've reached the point of our show. We're at the top of the hour. I'm a little beyond where we usually are when we enter the common ground piece or right around that time, depending on the substance of the show, the topic, and the guest. Tonight on this program that I did solo, which, you know, some fans, I'm so blessed to have people that listen and to give me feedback. There are a lot of listeners out there that said they prefer my solo shows sometimes to shows when I have a guest on. So I'm giving you a solo show because I have a lot of guests booked in, you know, the summertime shows. So I wanted to provide a solo show here on the 4th of July for all of you out there that have given me that feedback and thank you for that feedback. So we're at the point of our show now that we've talked about the divide. We identified that. We talked about the division between the individual and individual rights in the community and and some of the things that get distorted. And it's important also to to make the distinction at this point of the show that as we went through the bridging the divide segment, I'm also not saying to, you know, abandon your own personal dreams, your own personal goals or ambitions, your own plans for your career or family or life. You have to be concerned with those things. That's primary responsibility. I look at that, you know, myself as, you know, I think of that in, in my own situation. My primary responsibility is to take care of my family. My primary responsibility is as a husband. I have a lot of responsibilities on my plate. I can't just throw that out the window and say I'm going to join a commune and, you know, I don't know, some foreign country and start, you know, treating people with illness. I have a responsibility as much as I may want to go do that or do something like that. I have a responsibility to my family. And there are many men and women that struggle with that. There's single mothers, single dads. I met a single dad the other day. You know, he's grappling with a lot of things. I was counseling through some things with him. It's not easy. Because that can really dominate the, the way jobs are today. My mother-in-law says it to me all the time. You, she says to me, Frank, you have no time for yourself. It's like this constant thing that's going on between all the different work that I do. But it's constant with the text, with the emails, with setting up conference calls, with whatever it is. So the nature of work today has changed because technology has changed. And it's good to work. It's, there's a lot of dignity that comes from work. And we've talked about that in the show. We're going to have a couple of shows on unemployment coming up. We're going to do a show on retirement. We're going to do a show on the unemployment divide. There's a, there's a lot of things coming up in the summer and fall that are going to address that on this particular show on Undivided. Because those are divisions in society that need to be discussed. It's good to pursue your individual dreams. It's good to pursue, and America provides you with so much opportunity to do that. You know, if hypothetically I woke up this morning and said I wanted to drive to Philadelphia, I could. Hypothetically, if, if I woke up this morning and said, you know, 
I want to go see the, you know, the Washington Monument, I can drive to Washington, D.C. I mean, that's also a benefit, or take the train. That's also a benefit of living in New Jersey. So I could do all that and come back and be home the same night. If I really wanted to do that, I could. I could say, you know what, I'm throwing everything out the window today. I'm going to go do that. At the same time, I could say, you know what, I'm going to blow off, you know, maybe I have plans with somebody or maybe I had plans to do something, you know, for me, I'm going to blow that off and I'm going to go, you know, help out at my church today. Or I'm going to go help out, you know, uh, with whatever's going on in the community that I saw in the newspaper or online. You have freedoms in America to do that. You can choose. And you, in the balance is do something for both. Do something for yourself. Do something for the community. But guess what? When you do something in the community, it's going to benefit you. You're going to feel good. You know, there are times in my life that, that stand out where I did things to help other people. And they stand out far more than me going to a baseball game or me going to do something and, and kind of goof off for a day. I don't remember those times. But I sure as heck remember the things that I did that helped another person in my community or somebody that was in need. So how do we find common ground here? How do we move America forward on a path of harmony and community? How do we do that? I don't know if I have the answer, to be honest. I thought I would by this point in the show. I was kind of vibing with it. I was going with it. I don't have prepared answers to some of these questions I want to stay on time, so that's why I wrote myself out some talking points. I don't have an answer to that question. That's probably the right one, the quote-unquote right one, or if you believe there's no right or wrong answer. If you ask me based on my experiences, based on things that I've seen, based on my own lens, as we talk about the lens we view the world in, it is possible to do that. It is possible to move America forward because, you know, people look to politicians and people look to the media. And as I said, I don't want this to be a political show, and I've never strived for that. Because guess why? At the end of the day, no politician is going to do that. No politician is going to have the impact in your life that you desire them to have. They're not going to solve all of America's problems. They're not going to bring, you know, answers to every situation. It's not going to happen. You have to rely on yourself. You have to rely on your neighbors. You know, I remember there was a big event that happened at one time uh, politically. And a friend of mine wrote to me and said, you know, I just was outside uh, talking to my neighbor and my next door neighbor. And our conversation was, okay, we're going to look out for each other because we don't know what the future is going to bring us. You know, we, we were relying upon politicians to bring us X, Y, and Z, and that hasn't happened. And now we're going to rely on each other. We're going to, we're going to join together as a neighborhood, and we're going to say, okay, we're going, to, we're going to fight for each other. We're going to stand together in harmony. That's a beautiful thing. Now multiply that by thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of neighborhoods. That's what has to happen. It has to start at the grassroots level, on the ground, like any other great effort, any other great movement. And we're so together now with technology. We could do that. We could go on Twitter or we could go start a Facebook group or we can go do something on social media, on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever platform you, you use. 
and we say, all right, we're going to do a meetup. All right, we're going to do this. We're going to have a block party. You know, we have a, a community barbecue. We're going to have a, a we're going to all get together at the church fair. You know, whatever it is in your community, get into it. Say, you know what? Is there there's a fair in my town? There's a fireman's fair. There's a church fair. There's whatever's going on. You know, the, with summertime going and everything, I want to be involved in that. And go volunteer for it. Even if you volunteer for a night, it's a whole week. Even if you volunteer for a night, go see how you like it. You'll like it. I guarantee you. That Those types of things are where we find common ground. Between people that feel like they should be about me and everything should be about me. And once you start doing things that benefit the we of the scenario, you're going to feel that you're going to want to take that the next step and become committed. So that's what has to happen. And that's where we find common ground to really and truly live in a way that's undivided. So we've come to the end of our time here on our show. I'm going to do a a couple of uh, announcements and uh, future show promotions and then wrap up our show for the night. Holy shift. That's holy S H I F T holy shift, like a shift in gear in a car, a shift in energy. That's holy shift. That's Barb Heenan and Leslie Pachati show. That's Wednesday, July the 18th is their new episode. 8 a.m. Central 9 a.m. in the morning, Eastern time on life coach radio network. Again, that's holy shift Wednesday, July 18th, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network. Remember, Kimberly Frazier's show, Enjoying Life on Purpose, comes your way on Thursday, July the 12th. Uh, So that's coming up in about a week. It's a week from uh, the 5th, so it's a week from uh, two days from now. Uh, So, again, think about that show. Paul Garwood's show, Push Through, is Sunday night, July the 8th, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. Now for some other announcements here. Food for the Poor, www.foodforthepoor.org. That's Food for the Poor, great charity out of South Florida. www.foodforthepoor.org. 800-427-9104 is their phone number. Again, that number again is 800-427-9104. They're a great organization. They do wonderful work in our communities as we talk about communities and also in Latin America and South America and the Caribbean. MAP International, that's M-A-P, like a map you look at, MAP International, 800-225-8550. That's MAP International, 800-225-8550, another great organization. Their website is www.m as in Mary, A as in Apple, P as in Peter.org. So before I advertise my next program, I just want to say to everyone out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this show. Thank you for spending your time listening to this program and to the series that we have put together for you as we continue on looking at different divides as the summer and the fall unfold. We have some great guests coming up, some really powerful shows. I'm really excited about what the future has for Undivided at this point. And 
it's important as we think here on July the 4th about our country, about America. And America has, you know, received a lot of, of blows this year. You know, we've dealt with a number of different things from the school shootings to uh, other tragedies. And we're dealing with certain things on a macro and a micro level at this point um, in our country, in some of the states in which we live. Maybe we have new representatives and things. Remember, those people cannot dictate your life. You can do that. God gave you rights inalienable, and that's to life, to liberty, and to the pursuit of happiness. So go out there and do those things. Go out there and live your life with a core set of values that are going to benefit other people. Go out there and love yourself so that you can love others. Go out there and pursue your dreams, whatever that dream might be. And along the way, you're going to impact lives, and that's going to be the true measure of your life. So go out there and do those things. Go out there and become connected to others. Go out there and live a life that is truly undivided in the greatest country on earth. My next show coming up, episode number 26 of Undivided, will be Wednesday, July the 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern. That will be a live show. So we're back with our live shows Wednesday, July 18th. It's two weeks from the 4th of July. And my special guest will be Alexandra Maffitt. And we haven't totally uh, come up with the topic yet. It's going to be something around moving forward after you've been stuck in something. So whether it's a past thing that's kind of held you back, whether it's the end of a marriage or whether it's the end of a job or whether it's a diagnosis, some major life event that has you feeling stuck, how do you move forward? How do you escape essentially from your past? to move ahead and to move forward in your life. That's the general gist. We haven't totally locked down an exact topic yet, but Alexandra will be joining me. She's a wonderful guest. Uh, She's a great coach. She's going to have a lot of, she's done a lot of different things in her career, her professional career. Uh, She's going to be a very dynamic guest to have on the show. I think everyone of the listeners are going to love her and um, really respond to her. So I'm, I'm really excited that the opportunity to have her on the program two weeks from the 4th of July. That's Wednesday, July 18th, episode 26 of Undivided. So we're at the end of our show tonight. Thank you all very much. I thank you to the listeners. I thank you for your support of this show and of this series. And I hope that you and your families all have a happy, safe, and blessed 4th of July. For Russ Terry, for Trina Ramsey, for Danica Treble, this has been Undivided episode number 25, America, Individualism versus Community. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri. I will see you guys again on Wednesday night, July 18th, live at 7 p.m. Eastern. And until then, as always, be blessed and be well. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.